Between network television, cable, and streaming channels, we, the viewers, are inundated with a plethora of viewing choices. Even the most discerning viewer can find something they like with just a little bit of channel surfing. My problem is I like it all. Sci-fi, drama, westerns, comedy, romance, history, food channels, cable news, classic movies. I even find myself watching ancient aliens. For me, it is not a lack of choices, but a lack of time. And I'm sure it's the same for most of you. With limited screen time, I try to be selective and find programming that is a cut above all the sophomoric shows that cause channel clutter. Last week, in my quest to find something new to watch, I came across Casa Grande, a new bilingual drama series. The story is about the relationship between undocumented migrant workforce and the wealthy landowners. Class, immigration, culture, and family are the central themes in Casa Grande. In this episode of the Latino Business Report, our guest is veteran actor Raquel Dominguez. Dominguez plays the role of Camela Cortez, who is brought to this country by her parents at age eight. Camela grows up on the farm and ends up working on the farm. Her best friend is Hassie Clarkman, the wealthy landowner's daughter, who is in a horrid love affair with young Mael Morales, one of her father's undocumented workers. I love this show. Drama, 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 and more drama in both Spanish and English. ¿Qué más quieres? Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by Tamak, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. Tamak is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to another episode. Guys, if you're like me, you enjoy watching TV every now and then to relax, but you know, all the new shows are over. We're about to go into reruns. So the other day I started cruising the different channels and I came across something on Amazon and it was called Casa Grande. I go, what's this Casa Grande thing about? I wasn't sure about it. I watched the first episode. I go, eh, okay, I've seen this story before. But halfway through the first one, I said, oh my gosh, this is pretty good. Then the second one, I'm into the second already. I'm halfway through the third one. And I said, you know, I got to find out more about this. So I reached out to some contacts, my good friend Veronica, some other folks. And we got Raquel Dominguez with us today. And Raquel is one of the characters on Casa Grande who just does an amazing job. You may have seen her on many other things. She's been on New Amsterdam, All Rise, Law and Order, 911, The Resident. I mean, her list of, of uh, appearances goes on and on. But we're here to talk about not only Raquel a little bit, but also the episodes or the new show, Casa Grande. Raquel, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. What an intro. I wish I could just go on life with, with being introduced in that way. This is Raquel, and this is all the things she's been Well, uh, Raquel, my rates are pretty cheap. I mean, you can hire me if you'd like <laughs> to just travel with you and introduce you. But, uh, I'm going to have to work my team, actually. Hey, no, uh, seriously, and and, and uh, once again, thank you for being with us. I know you're busy, but I, I really have to admit the show is not bad. It Well, no, let me rephrase that. It, it's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. As I started diving into it and uh, finding out some, some more information, I saw that the uh, one of the co-creators described it as a Hispanic-influenced Yellowstone. And I go, being a Yellowstone fan myself, I go, oh, come on. I mean, that's maybe over the top. 
But as I'm watching this thing, it's full of drama. It's like a novella. It's twist after twist. I love it. It yes. just keeps you going. So Raquel, how did, how did, um, let's talk about the show just for a little bit. Um, if you kind of want to give the listeners kind of an, an overview of what it's about, but, but I also want to talk about you, but let's talk about the show first. How did you come, how did you, uh, come across this? How did you get cast? And, and what are your thoughts on the show? So, okay. So I came across this script during the pandemic. So this was, this came this was dropped on my lap at a time where, you know, the world was at a standstill and there wasn't a lot of work. So I had a, a, a sweet friend of mine reach out and was like, hey, I have a friend who's a producer and she just wrote this series. And I, she asked me if I knew of anyone and I immediately thought of you. And like, if that is not the most perfect way to be <laughs> led to a project as an actor, I don't know what is. So I was like, what? Of course. And mind you, again, it was during a time where any artist was just like happy to be reading something or like a, for a project or just making art. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, send me the script just so I, I want to get lost in a story right now so um I was sent the script and I was just like blown away by the pilot the first episode um I just thought it was such an important story to be highlighting and I just noticed that there were so many uh different just like the diversity and in, in the and the Latinidad uh, in the, within the story. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'd be so silly not to at least, you know, uh, audition sure. for them. And so I did, shortly after that, they, they really liked me. And then we did the chemistry read and I got to meet with the producers and the writers. And this was all via Zoom, which was all very new to us because um, we had never done something like this before. And everything that year was via Zoom. So we were like, how are we going to do a chemistry read via via Zoom? Which just basically means they want to see like your chemistry with the other um, sure. actors. And I'm sure. like, how are they going to do that through a screen? It's not going to be authentic. I was so like nervous. I was that, that, you know, they weren't going to be able to like fully get me or something. But that wasn't the case. And I, my chem read was with them and I was with the director and yeah, they... They asked me to come on board. And then shortly after that, we all headed up north uh, where we shot this. So we shot for like over, a little over six weeks, mm -hmm. um, like uh, Northern California in Petaluma. So we were all there. Um, we were all meeting for the first time and then basically coexisting for like six weeks. And it was so exhilarating because again, we were all so isolated um, all that year. So to be able to go and work was just like very sure. during this time and to just be able to share such a story with other, with other people. Um, it was like exciting to be able to like, like it was exciting to be amongst others excited to tell this story. So we were there. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. No, I think, yeah, and what I like about it, I mean, the thing is described as a 
bilingual drama series, and there's an awful lot of Spanish in there, which I just love. For those who don't speak God's language, there are subtitles, so they can go ahead and, and read <laughs> and read that. But one of the, the thing that I like most about it is I'm very critical myself when it comes to I'm tired of seeing Latinos in stereotype roles. Uh, I think that you know we our population is big enough, and there's other folks. I mean, let's start taking major roles. So as I looked at this, I looked at Casa Grande with a little bit of grain of salt, but it tells a story. It tells a story that people need to know. And what I like about reading about some of the show, it's, I mean, it's about class, it's about immigration, it's about culture, and it's about family. And so you, you do those, you combine those together. And I mean, that's a series within itself, but also the fact that it tells the story of the invisible migrant workforce that's out there. With Title 42 lifting with all the politics going on today and the, the open borders and all this nonsense, this is an important story because without that immigrant population and workforce, you know, picking the crops, supplying, doing the work, a lot of this economy would, would, um, would just crumble. So with that said, even though it's a stereotype role, but it's a role that tells a story, how does it make you feel? I know you, your parents are from where? Venezuela? I mean... Venezuela. Venezuela. You were born here in the States, in, in Florida, I believe? I was born in Miami, yes. In Miami. Okay. So you have a little bit of, of sense about that. So how does the story resonate with you? So I, okay. So I resonate. It, it's so interesting because when I was reading this story, I was like, wow. Um, you know, as an actor, you, there's always, we always, uh, I don't know, we have a way of like finding our own blocks, you know, it's like this imposter syndrome that comes up and, you know, naturally, cause we're like, you know, this is a story about nuestra raza, but there's so much diversity within our raza that again, I'm a Venezuelan American that was born in Miami where la cultura ya, sorry, my Spanglish today, but <laughs> um, Miami itself is such a diverse melting pot that I, it wasn't until I moved to Atlanta. Um, I moved to Atlanta when I was like right before high school. And it wasn't until Atlanta that I actually got to emerge myself um, to another kind of Latin community, mm -hmm. which was more like Central American. So I come from like, you know, again, like there's a lot of Caribbean people and South American people in Miami. So to me, I was like, wow, I've never, I had never had like personal contact with like a migrant worker. I knew what it was. It, it was a different kind of workforce, you know, in Miami. Right. Um, so reading the story, I was just like, oh my gosh, obviously I had heard. And as you get older, you hear about things and especially moving out here, um, five years ago, also a different Latin community. So, I mean, not, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything for people, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's already out, but Camila and her mom are actually they work within the home at the ranch, right? Right. So, and you actually you actually played a role of a, of a Mexican migrant worker, correct? Yes, a Mexican migrant worker who is, you know, 
my mom is the head chef of the home. So, I mean, I related a lot to Camila in the sense, mm. in the sense that she's, she's become a Latino American, you know, like she, she got to the States. I mean, she crossed like when she was like eight. So she, she kind of grew up there. So she, there is this American side of her. Mm-hmm. You kind of assimilated or acculturated into the American way of life. Exactly. And I mean, I, I related a lot to that because soy Venezolana by my parents, but mm-hmm. I, I'm very Americanized. So my entire life, and especially after moving out of a place like Miami, I was like, okay, <laughs> to Latina, to American here, to Latina key. Uh, you come over here and you're just like, what, you know, you're constantly being um, dissected and like, figured out and then it kind of like hits you like oh like what who am I or like who who am I who do I want to be like what traditions do I want to carry on and like continue and and I think that's probably one of my favorite themes about the show is this whole theme around tradition and traditions mm -hmm. let me ask you this being Venezuelan and and playing this role as a as a Mexican uh, migrant that's came over at a young age, you know, a story that's multiplied millions of times out there. Have you learned about the culture? Do you have a different sense of playing the role of what some of these migrants are going through? No, only because I, my, my character herself, uh, the trajectory of her, of her story in the series um, like I personally, like I wasn't out on the fields. Like for example, my L was my mm-hmm. L and like his family and like <laughs> the men mainly. Okay. And the women were like more in la casa or like creando el hogar, ayudando en el hogar and stuff like that. So I, I grew up with my, my family, <laughs> like they, especially the women um, in my family, um, they did that for work in Miami, okay. in a lot. I, I was around a lot of moms. Um, that's how they would make a living. They would go to these homes and clean and cook and watch kids. And like, so I feel like most of the, of the work that I had to do and to learn and to kind of, um, yeah, I guess like remind myself of was around that world. I wasn't out there um, necessarily doing um, sort of the work that like Mael and Rafa were doing. Right. Well, in, in in the series Casa Grande, you're best friends with. Okay, it's it takes place on a a, a dairy farm. Yeah. And you have this wealthy white family that's run it for generations and you become best friends with the main guy's daughter because you you two grew up together of course and in, in each other's best friends and i'm not going to do a spoiler for anybody but I, I find the dynamics interesting when i first started watching i go eh, this is almost like a romeo and juliet type thing and i'm going okay but it's really not that because there's a lot of other stuff involved and i see your character 
is some sort of, you know, kind of like a Marcuccio from Romeo and Juliet, you know, the, the best friend there, everything that happens uh, that they go through. But I think that it's well done. Uh, the acting is great. You do a fantastic job. In fact, I, I gravitated towards your character, you know, about a quarter of the way through. And I go, this, I, I go, who is this young lady? She looks familiar. And then I look you up and I go, okay, now, now I know who she is. I've seen her on several things, but uh, I think you do a great job of kind of being, uh, pulling everything together in, in the storyline. And for me, uh, as a viewer, I kind of gravitate towards you a lot because it's like, not that you're the drama queen, but you are inserted into every almost situation that occurs. With that said, I find it interesting as well in even the promotional poster, I, fi I find it interesting the way it's structured. It's a vertical type poster and you have the, the big rich white people up top and all the little migrant Mexicanitos are down at the bottom. You know, it's kind of like almost the, the poster itself almost kind of depicts this whole class structure of, of what things are like. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you prepared for that role? Um, yeah, like I said, um, so like I said, I, I tried to, I, I did my best to ask myself how I relate to a person like Camila. Um, Camila is 18. I've mm -hmm. been 18. <laughs> okay, good, <laughs> good. Know, but I've been 18. She's 18. She is, you know, she has so many great characteristics. She's loyal. She's loving, she's caring, she puts other people, she's slightly codependent, but, but you know, I mean, who has, you know, who hasn't worked through some codependence as a Latina or like as a Latina, you know what I mean? But she's, she's also like a lonely, like um, an only child, which I cannot relate to. Um, I have two siblings, but I, I, I started there. I was like, okay, what are the similarities? What are the differences? And and then, but what was most important to me was relating to, yeah, her heart. I was like, I've been, I've been there. I've been, I've been in a place where I'm trying to appease to everyone, and then I forget about myself. And then that's kind of what um, Camila's story is. She is, she is discovering herself this entire way through. She's been told who she is by her mom, who is only trying to help. I mean, all of our parents are ever trying to help and, you know, but there's some- And Camila, Camila feels betrayed at one point. I mean- Oh the, my God. The, oh, uh, no, no, no good deed goes unpunished. Right. And I think she certainly, um, as soon as she leaves the house, she starts kind of getting- she gets hit with the reality of what life is, you know, and I, I know that her mom also helps her kind of see that a little more. Um, you know, I'm, you know, the world isn't this bubble that I've lived in at this ranch, you know, once I'm out of there, you know, you know, the, the realities of, of immigration and yeah, you know, who the Clarkmans are and there's lots of Clarkmans out there, you know, lots of families like that. And so it's, it's hurtful and it's a huge reality check. And then, you know, there's those other twists in there that I don't want to ruin for people. But I think ultimately she's just trying to find herself. And, and I hope that for her, 
I hope that she finds the courage to do something for her. Um, I think throughout the series, I, I was also, you know, very hopeful for this character. I was like, you know, you know, and after the, so much feedback to, um, mm -hmm. such similar feedback from so many, so many people about, um, people resonating with Camila, but like wanting more for her or wanting her to fight for her life more. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> you agree. I want her to also, you know, uh, que se supere, you know. See, and mira, mira, at one point I found myself talking to Camila on the screen. I go, mira, don't do that. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, why? I mean, ah, I got. I would get frustrated to start talking to the screen, going, "Okay, Jerry, it's just a show. It's just a show. These are the writers." But I think uh, the creators and writers did a, a pretty good job of of depicting what what life is is really like on that. Now you mentioned it a little bit earlier. You come from a acting family, right? You you're the sandwich child. You had a brother on each end, so you're the middle child, and yeah. you're and you come from a family of actors. What what was that like growing up? Crazy, um, wild. I was. Um, we were constantly working. Honestly, I always people always refer to us like like the Jackson five, but the Dominguez five. I always thought that was cute. I was like, so yeah. Are, do you like sing that. as well? I, I saw, are you a singer? I, oh my gosh. Um, you know, I can hold a tune, but I okay. feel like my mom and my older brother definitely really got all those. My older brother definitely got all the genes. He like barely left us with any, I always joke. But um, so my mom's a singer actress my dad's a dancer choreographer actor so i mean they and, have and your and your brother brother both of your brothers are in the business right yes we're all in the business <laughs> so you actually uh attended college and studied uh what public relations creative writing wow yes so i did i did and then i did drop out though so I didn't finish college. I, 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 stop. You didn't drop out. You pivoted. I pivoted. You, you pursued your passion and career, recognizing that even though a college education is important, not quite necessary to make it in the, your chosen field. I got to work with you on that, young lady. We, we... Thank you. I actually appreciate that. I've been saying, I've been saying that. It's a little negative. Yes, I did pivot, and that is exactly what I did. Um, I'll send you an I'll send you an invoice at the end of the episode. Please do. <laughs> I will happily pay that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I took um, so right after high school, I you know my family and I grew up acting together mm -hmm. our entire lives. So mm -hmm. I feel like I just like did it so much that it was like so normal to us. It wasn't normal to a lot of people. And I, I never knew another family like ours, but to us, performing arts was our you life. Grew up in it. You grew up in it, so you didn't we, know anything different. Yeah, we didn't know anything else. My parents, you know, my dad, um, as soon as they migrated to Miami, I mean, he worked, they were like true artists. They hustled their way, like, to provide for us. And while still in the pursuit of their own dreams, they were like, younger than me they were like in their early mid-20s with three kids like trying to still 
wow. you know, like live out their dreams while also providing in a new country. I mean, what? Like talk about a different time and just different everything. Um, I look up to my parents so much, but as artists, like it's just so hard. So, I mean, that being said, I did see them struggle and we struggled as a family financially. And, and you know, there were a lot of struggles mm -hmm. um, with, with choosing um, this artistic life. And so seeing that growing up, I was like, this is fun, but also not fun. <laughs> and so I don't like this. I was like, I, like, I, I had so much love for performing arts, but I was like, where's the money? I was like, exactly. I was like, I'm, I'm so scared. I was like, I, I don't want this. And I remember my parents had a musical theater company that right at, like, right when the boys and I would finish school, we'd have to go straight to rehearsal. So like we had extracurriculars at school. And then right after that, we'd like go home and then like drive to rehearsal because my parents would put on these major productions for the community every year. And so we would be in rehearsal like basically half the year and then perform and then like get ready to do it all over. So all we knew was that. And I remember right after graduating, I was like, I'm done. I was like, goodbye. I am going to college. Like I, you know, I was just so ready to like experience something else that wasn't like art. Like right. still creative, but I was like, I want also the chance to like choose something for myself. Although my parents have always been so supportive. Like they, you know, they gave these gifts to us, but like, they were never like, no, you're going to do this. This is what we chose. So you're going to choose this. No, they were so supportive and, and, in allowing us to choose whatever paths we wanted. Um, but because it was all we knew, we were like, we're going to miss. But my brothers are so multi-talented. Like, I mean, we all kind of are in our own ways. Like my, my older brother is like a photographer and he went to school for graphic design and like he plays the guitar. He's a musician, like total Renaissance man. Like mm -hmm. I love everything that's like communications and like talking my head off and like writing. And then Aaron's a huge athlete and like so I feel like we we had things to choose from, but in the end, um, and we tried our own different things. And we're I'm so thankful that we were able to do that after high school to kind of find our way back to, to this. So actually, actually, you were kind of like Michael Corleone in Godfather. It just you thought you were out, but you got they pulled you back in. <laughs> yes. but, but what I really have to admire and and respect the fact that. A lot of people may not stop and think about it, but acting, I mean, God, I mean, that's like, that's the epitome of entrepreneurship. I mean, that's like being a, your own business with itself because you're constantly having to, to audition, you're constantly rehearsing, you're constantly trying to sell yourself and, and take on multiple roles, different characters. I mean, I know that it's, it can be exhausting, but from a business standpoint, you are, I mean, you're your own corporation, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes um that part has been very interesting to learn um like I said I so I took some time um after I was 18 to kind of do something else and 
in like 2015, end of 2015, 2016, I came back, I had this huge epiphany and I was like, what am I doing? Like I woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to do PR. I was, and that for me was like a huge deal. I've always been a very determined person. Once I choose something, I do it and I do it well and I commit. And so waking up one day and like feeling that or having that realization was like, it like shook my world. I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I've chosen this for so long. And I don't know. I feel like I, you know, I was just led back to the arts and I remember crying so hard. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to struggle. And once, but once I aligned with myself, with, um, with what I was supposed to do, honestly, I'm not going to say it's been a walk in the park, but there was an ease, um, to, to my journey. Like there was, you know, doors started opening the ones that were meant to open because I said yes to this calling. And I mean, again, it's been quite the church. It's it's a calling, but it's also in your DNA. I mean, it's, it's, it's who you are, but let me just, let me just mention this. You said you wanted to do PR, but that's what you're doing right now on this show. I mean, you are constantly being a public relations practitioner for yourself or whatever project you're on okay and and the creative writing side I mean I'm sure you have your input into the writers of the script so you're actually doing what you went to school for before you pivoted so congratulations you're doing what you love on two fronts thank you yes um for sure and I realized that much later once I started learning the business side of of, uh, you know, of acting, I was like, oh, this is not just, because, you know, I grew up doing theater. I was like, oh, sure. theater. Which is a whole different animal. It's an entirely different ballpark. And, but I remember, because um, I started in Atlanta, because we had already moved there. And I remember being like, okay, so, so like 2016, I was like, okay, so I have this huge theater background. Like, what is what is film and TV? Like what, what, how do you do this? And I remember just getting into class and I was like, well, I'm going to start where I know I'm going to get it back into class just because I've always loved learning and studying. And I was like, well, I'm going to get back to a class and then I'll just eventually meet a network and then I'll just kind of go. And that's really how it went. Um, I got signed by this agency um, down there and I just started booking all of these things, but I had to learn the business and the game because it is a game. And especially moving up here to LA, it's a completely different market. So I was like, okay, Raquel, if this is what you are dedicating your life to now, you have to train like an athlete and you have to study the business because it's not just like being like, oh, I have the talent. So many people are talented, but you need the work ethic. And if you don't work hard. At the end of the day, it is, it is work. It, it is, is work, work and it is a job. Yes. Well, in your young career, and I say young because you're much younger than me. I'm not going to be rude and ask a lady how old she is. But I'll look it up later. But anyway, you, uh, I am impressed, young lady. You're doing a great job. And I'm really glad to see you on Casa Grande. I think you had a great dimension to it. 
Now, the fact that the first season was only five episodes, that kind of a little bummer for me. I go, I wanted more. I want more. So what about season two? Is that still in the works or unsure? What do we need to do as a listen audience to get more, convince those people we need season two? Exactly. I know. We we all feel the same. Everyone that's a part of our cast and crew, we finished binging and we were like, oh, we forgot it's only five. We're like, oh, there's still so much story to tell. And honestly, we, we don't know yet, but as viewers, um, the one thing how we can support is by watching, by binging. Yeah. But honestly, I learned recently <laughs> through the producers that everything is so expansive I feel like um like there's also so much as actors that we don't know when it comes to like these streaming platforms and like the that side of it and like how they calculate you know how they even push um out more shows or like the algorithms and the the, the, algorithms. the, the tracking and everything yeah it's like beyond it's like I I don't know too much of it but I recently learned that um that the way that they calculated or see if viewers are watching is if people are watching the show all the way through. So like if you pause it okay. or something and like, then you never come back to it. Or if you pause it and then you come, like you just have to like watch the whole thing. Like they sure. want people to binge it or something, or like they want to see that people finished watching the show. It, it, so, it kept their, what the interest level, in other words, it wasn't just kind of like, I'm watching it to see what it's about, then not finish it. If they finish it, it's a higher score. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. Hey, for all you listeners out there, I am going to recommend, I mean, I, well, I'm just going to recommend this one, uh, Casa Grande. And for you people that are cheap like me, uh, it's actually on, on Amazon and you can get it on, you can get it free for, was it uh, Freebie? Yes, yeah. so Freebie is free cool. and so is Amazon if you have yeah, if you have Prime and you can find it on Amazon Freebie, and it is definitely uh, worth watching. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be waiting for season two. Uh, I haven't quite finished season one. I got one more episode, so yeah, don't don't tell me anything. But um, Raquel, before we go, I, I just want to say thank you very much uh, once again for taking time out of your busy schedule. And is there anything you'd like to leave leave us with? Any thoughts, comments, tips, stock tips? You know, your personal phone number, whatever you want. <laughs> I won't do that. But okay. um I I always like to I guess leave people with encouragement. Honestly, it's we only have one life and I know I know not a lot of your viewers or the viewers of this podcast may be actors, but we're all creatives to some extent. Um and I think it's so worth encouraging people to do the things that they love, do the things that bring them joy um, because life is so short. And if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, you've been wanting to do, I don't know, anything. Um, I hope you listen to this and take this as a reminder or as a sign to go do it, whatever it is pick up a class or like, I don't know, try something that's going to take you out of your comfort zone um, or do the thing that's going to bring you joy. Just go out there and do it. Live life, experiment, and the whole uh, si se puede. Just, just go out there and do it. <laughs> exactly. 
Brian, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna work through your people, and what I'm gonna do is I'm going to send you a Latino Business Report shirt. We have some new merch that we're putting out. I'd love, <laughs> and, and people who know me, I'm so darn cheap. I don't like giving anything away. Okay, but I will get you a shirt. Just give me your size a little bit later on. We'll get you a shirt. Yes. Uh, once again, but I'm very proud of you, the work that you're doing, and how you represent on the on the screen. I think it's admirable. You're telling a story, and I think that's the key thing, that it is telling a story, and the fact that it is a bi bilingual drama series is a point, and it tells an important story, especially during this, this time, this political climate. People need to recognize that people are people, and everybody serves a purpose, and if you're going to, whatever you're going to do, let's just look at it from their viewpoint, or let's walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Uh, before you before you make a decision or jump to conclusions. So with that said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. Once again, my name is J.R. Gonzalez. You can find us at latinobusinessreport.com. I'm excited to announce we have a new website. Finally, we're going to be launching a new website in June. I'm very excited about that. I want to uh, thank uh, uh, Hype Digital, uh, Tatiana Chamorro uh, over there in Dallas, Texas, and her team putting together a new website that'll be launching. And also you can find the complete, uh, all our episodes on YouTube uh, under the same name, Latino Business Report. And we have our episodes on YouTube. Thank you very much. Raquel, muchísimas gracias. Nihon, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. And uh, folks, until next time. <laughs>